Welcome to the Conversation of Money podcast. I'm your host, Peter Komalafe, and you've guessed it, this is where we talk about money. And it is my mission to empower you, to help you make the best financial decisions possible. Why? Because money is a tool, life is for living. Let's go. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I hope you are well. It is Monday and it's April the 12th. And that means that the lockdown restrictions have finally been eased or they are starting to ease, which means that we can get out and about. And I don't know about you, but I am extremely excited. By the time you listen to this, we recorded this on Friday. I would have had a fresh haircut and feeling something like normal again. So whatever you're doing this week, I hope that you have plans. I hope that you're excited to get back to some kind of semblance of normal. And to help you get started this Monday morning, I have a great conversation lined up with Stephanie Taylor. And I'm gonna tell you right now, if you are the kind of person who wants to get into property, you need to listen to this this podcast and you need to take some notes. So I say this a lot of the time when I have guests on the show, if you don't have a notepad, listen to it anyway now, come back with a notepad, and take some notes. There's This is gonna be full of real value from someone who's been there, who has done that. And actually, you know what? It's very, very inspiring as well. And it's just a testament to say that you should never be deterred by the fact that you start late. You know, there's always time. So welcome to the show, Stephanie. Thank you for being here. It's great to be here, Peter. I really love your show. I, I listened to it on Binge Listen, and I told you that uh, it was a bit of a highlight this weekend because I've been sorting, listening to them as and when, but then I've been listening to them backwards. And today, or sorry, over the, the weekend, I got to episode three, and that was the first time I realised that you had a property investing, uh, sorry, a stocks investing course yeah. for beginners. And I immediately bought that because it was such a bargain. And uh, I, I went through it straight away and I really loved it. It broke everything down. And I feel um, much more confident now to start to start investing. So I just wanted to thank you for that and to say, don't keep it such a secret. <laughs> I know, no, thank you. Thank you. I, I definitely should mention this a little bit more on the podcast. And I think for people maybe who follow me on YouTube and follow me on, on Instagram, they know that I have, I've got a course there, but I do need to speak about it a little bit more. So thank you for that. And uh, it's great to hear that you found it useful as well, because it is designed for, for beginners just to break down the foundations of the stuff that you absolutely need to know starting out. So that was really, really good. Thank you. Um, I would love to have an introduction to you just for the listeners, um, because like I've already alluded, your story is really, really interesting, quite inspiring. What you've managed to achieve in property is not to be kind of just overlooked or kind of thought of in a very nonchalant way. It's quite an achievement. Mm-hmm. And I'd love to just get a little bit of a background about you first and foremost to get us get us started. Yeah, um, I'll tell you a bit about where where we are now, and then I'll sort of allude to how we got mm-hmm. here. Yeah. But, so I'm Stephanie Taylor. I invest in buying blocks of flats and commercial property to convert into blocks of flats. Our portfolio, I do it with my sister Nikki, and our portfolio is that we currently have 28 units, and we are we're co-founders together of an award-winning HMO property management company. HMOs are house shares. We grew that quickly and secured contracts worth over £2 million in the first three years. And as a result of that, people were asking us, how how do you do this? Stephanie, I know that just a minute ago, you were a banker. What are you doing with this property (laughs) business? And so we started up Rent to Rent Success. And that's to help you get started in property as a property business using the Rent to Rent strategy. 
So if you're curious about that, I we are going to talk about it today, of course. And mm-hmm. I also have a Rent to Rent Success podcast where I talk about it more. And we published a book which has become a, a bestseller and it has over 140 reviews on Amazon. We're, we're so proud of it. And uh, people can, can find that as well. And we just had the most phenomenal few years, as you said, Peter. It, I do have to pitch myself at times. And we've been featured in Entrepreneur Magazine. I've been as an expert in The Telegraph. We've been in Property Investor Today and, and loads of others. And as you said, I didn't start until the age of 45. And that's why now I feel passionate about uh, letting people know that, yes, you can get started in property with little money. Yes, you can sack your boss within a year if you want to, but it does give you those choices. And yes, you can have the freedom to live life on your own terms by the investments you make, which is very similar to what you teach, Peter, is that you, we all have a flow of money. Money flows to us. So even somebody who's on the average UK salary, which was £25,800, let's just say it was 25K, that over 10 years, they have over a quarter of a million pound go through their Mm -hmm. hands. And of course, yes, there's taxes, but the the majority of it, you get to control. And what have you done with your quarter of a million? Most of us are earning way more than that. And it's how do you make it more? And property is one way of doing that. And that's what we've been very successful in, in a short period of time. It kind of blows my mind. You made a really good point there. And I think it's probably worth expanding on that a little bit more. So my, uh, my, my saying is money's a tool, life is for living. Because I believe in the same thing that you just illustrated there, that you know we work and we earn money. However, it's, we don't get taught how to implement controls to ensure that we're making the best use of that money. So what typically happens is, and I've fallen in that cycle, you probably have as well. You go to work, you earn money, you pay bills, uh, you try and enjoy a little bit of your life and money just seems to just fall through your fingers. And it wasn't until maybe 45 years back, um, I kind of thought to myself, well, actually, you know what, why do we do this? Why do we go to work, earn all this money, and then we have nothing to show for it at the end of the day? And I'm curious to, 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 to know your thoughts on whether you feel, is that purely a mindset thing? that then breeds bad habits. And I wonder if you've gone through that cycle and how you managed to break free of that. Yeah, I think it's both a mindset thing and I think you just don't realize all the power that you have. You don't mm. realize, you don't think, oh, in the in this next 10 years, I'm having at least, most of people listening to this show, at least quarter of a million is gonna come through my hands. In the next 10 years, what am I gonna do with it? If you If we thought that, I know we'd be much more intentional, yeah. but we the mindset there is that you've got this amount of money coming in, and of course you haven't got enough. A lot of people have that mindset. I haven't got enough, and and then you spend it because you haven't got enough, and mm-hmm. and because you think you haven't got enough, you haven't got enough. Yeah. Uh, so very much it's a mindset, but also there is that education piece that if people only knew, for example, I I was listening to your podcast and it was talking about the it could have been your YouTube channel. It was talking about the compound interest calculator. Yes. Wow. So you can just see what happens in 10 years. If you invest, say, £1,000 a month, um, it just grows phenomenally. Even £500 a month, whatever you invest, it grows. 
Mm-hmm. Phenomenally. And it's just that many of us don't actually know that piece of information. So that combined with the bad, bad mindset, the two of them go together and it puts you into a downward spiral where you're always just living um, to the next paycheck and the next paycheck and the next paycheck. And maybe even you have savings, but you're not, they're not working for you. That money is just lying on the beach. It is doing nothing for you yeah. whatsoever. Yeah. Absolutely. I agree. And education does form a, a big part to being able to break and remold that mindset. Because mm. I'm, I'm a firm believer that your mindset breeds habits and your habits can be hard to break. You can't break the habits unless you remold that mindset. And I think at the, at the core of all of this is the lack of education that we receive. If we knew, or if I at least knew when I was 15, 16 years old, that I could, you know, invest a little bit of money into something called the stock market and in 10 years time it was going to give me x amount a thousand pounds i'd be like whoa hang on a second why would i not do that but we don't get taught this stuff so we don't even know it's an option so education is really really important um and that's that's the reason why i do this it's probably the reasons why you do what you do as well on the property side to to educate and show people the way forward yeah, absolutely. And um, you've had a, a series of property episodes, re- uh, sorry, pension episodes recently. And of course, why wouldn't you put in the max contribution that your employer is going to match? And mm-hmm. so many of us don't or didn't do that. Um, yeah. I didn't do that when I was uh, employed. And it just absolutely makes sense to do that. So yeah. there's so many ways where we're, we're, we're making holes in the bucket and letting all the water just, sorry, all the money just flow right through yeah. it and go past us. But once you learn the magic in sealing up your bucket and, and actually making the, the money grow, it's, it's mind-blowing how money just comes to you and it feels so easy. Yeah, absolutely. And this will move us on to how did you start in, in property? I mean, how did it all come about? Mm. Because I can't believe you said you, you started at 45. Mm-hmm. I thought you were going to be in a rage and of around about 36, 38 or so. Like, <laughs> the guys watching this, we're on Zoom. I can see Stephanie. You mm. can't see her. She does not look like mid-40s. I mean, I'm 41. Yeah. So I thought you would have been maybe just a little bit younger than I am. But how how did it how did you get to the point of actually starting at age 45? Was it yeah. difficult? Um it felt easy, but I'll explain. Well, it felt a bit challenging. I'll, I'll, mm-hmm. I'm just gonna put myself back to where I was. So let me go back even further and just 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 say to people listening that when I was 18, I had my son, it wasn't planned, I was struggling financially, emotionally, lots of different ways, but what a lovely baby. You know, you hear people say they've got two kids and one was an angel and one was a nightmare. <laughs> well, I got, luckily, my my only child, Alex, is, is such a beautiful baby and a lovely personality and uh, really easy from a parenting perspective. And it was just, it was just such fun being with him. But we had so much, um, I had so many financial worries and strains and stresses. And uh, there was a time when... Um, I stopped working. I was working in a quite a low-paid job, and it was more or less the same as the money I was paying for the childcare. And uh, so I was. There was a period when I was on benefits, which made me feel even worse. And uh, I used to go to get the money in the cash from the post office every fortnight. Um, Ninety-eight pounds forty, I want to say, um, forty-something pound a week. And um, 
I used to have to budget it by the penny. It was all in cash, you see. It wasn't like mm-hmm. nowadays where it would be bank transfer. Yeah. And go to the various places to pay the different bills. And mm-hmm. going to the supermarket felt like um, quite a stressful because it needed to make sure that everything was the right price or yeah. And yeah. judge up and have my calculator to yeah. work out. But anyway... Um, so I just want to give that context because sometimes people think, oh, it's all right for her because she she knows all of these yeah. magic things because that's how I used to think. When I seen other people who were successful, I would think, well, it's okay for them because they've got all this magic about them. They know these secrets that, that I don't know that I would never know. And uh, so I eventually, you know, found my feet and... Uh, uh, you know, did it, went to university and all sorts of other things, but I found a professional career. And by the time four or five years ago, I was working in financial services as a contractor. Uh, uh, you know, I'd set up my own limited country, company to do this contracting work. And I, I thought, oh my gosh, I've arrived. I've totally arrived. This is fantastic. Mm-hmm. This is the life. I cannot believe it. I'm, <laughs> I'm virtually a millionaire. I mean, I was never, never <laughs> a millionaire, but I felt so rich um, because it was just such a change comparison. And um, I was doing this and feeling, you know, relatively happy. I mean, you no know, banking can be a challenging place to be, especially if you've got more of a creative kind of approach to things yes it's kind of it's a bit of a straight jacket because it has to be that's yeah. how it has it's to very be. regimented very yes. structural in its nature yes yeah yeah so it wasn't always uh, it didn't always feel like an easy ride but it wasn't horrendous it wasn't horrendous it was okay but what happened one day was that um my mum phoned me and I knew she was ill so she was just calling me in the morning which she doesn't normally call in the morning And, you know, when you reflect on it afterwards, you just think, you know, I bet she just woke up, was feeling dreadful. Maybe she was feeling a bit scared or anxious or she just, you know, just sometimes you just need to connect with somebody Mm -hmm. and have them say it's all okay, It's going to be okay, You're going to be okay." And what I said was kind of very distracted, you know, Mm -hmm. thinking about getting to work and this presentation I was doing that specific day and all of these other things. So I was sort of dashing her off the phone and she was sort of apologizing for calling and all of that. And um, when I got to my desk in the afternoon, I'd had the presentation in the morning, got to my desk in the afternoon and I just, it just sort of hit me in that moment. Oh my gosh the bank doesn't need me, but my mum really does. Uh And if I hadn't come turned up that day in the bank, it would have been okay. Maybe that presentation would have been postponed, Um, but it would have all been okay, even if I'd never, ever gone there again. But that's not how I wanted to live. If you asked me what my priorities were, I was going to say my family, Uh Um, but that's not how I was living at that time. And it just sort of hit me like a punch in the belly. Uh, I need to do something different. It was it was just one of those everyday moments where you just know you're not living right. And because I was 45, I thought, oh, I, I don't, I just felt like if, I, what, if I'm going to do something else, I need to do it now. But so there did feel like an urgency about it. It did feel like a, a compulsion. And all of the fears I'd had, I still had them, but I felt that I was going to take action anyway. Mm-hmm. And it's so strange now because I really didn't think I had all the skills to be in business. I knew that I had the idea that business is the answer because I'd seen, you know, 
I'd seen other business people, but I thought I can't do what they do. They've got all this knowledge. I don't know about that. But property seemed like it was something that the average Joe could do. And you'd, you know, most of us here in the UK have seen somebody who's successful in property who was just an average Joe, just like us, mm-hmm. but they've made a lot of money in property or they've stopped working nine to five through their property investments. So I thought I would look into that. And I started attending um, property uh, property networking events in Bristol where I was living at the time. And I was just totally blown away because I suppose it's like when getting into stocks and shares investing, you're just totally amazed by what's possible. You think it's like a door's been opened to a world yeah. that I had no idea existed. And of course, the world where you spend tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of pounds and you invest in property and you do really well, that world exists as well. But what I saw in those doors was that there's also a world where uh, normal people in inverted commas with just a bit of savings working nine to five can also get started in property and, you know, really create a much freer life. And um, I wouldn't say a totally passive income. You do have to, there is more work involved but a, a more passive than being employed full-time mm-hmm. income yeah. and yeah. a lot more freedom and, for me, a lot more excitement, satisfaction. I feel that in the last uh, five years, I've lost 10 years and that I've become so much more excited in life, so much interested. There's so much more possibility. I feel like I've been uh, reborn. And did you, did you find that, discovering all of this did you find it daunting did you find it something that maybe you took too easy than you maybe anticipated yeah well when I heard all these ideas because as you can imagine there were different ideas every week different people speaking every week my mind was spinning like a washing machine uh one week I would be saying oh gosh I'm definitely going to do such and such a strategy oh my and then the next week it would be oh no no this is the strategy for me so it just took a few months of going along and then I I just I found out about rent to rent and I just thought that's the strategy that I can do and it felt at the right risk level it felt at the right it felt the right level for me it felt like something that was attainable for me and I just made myself think because I had seen these examples of people doing it who didn't seem to have any superpowers it it sort of made my brain think okay people can do this without superpowers so maybe I can do it Mm -hmm. And um, so I just started to lean into it and I thought, do you know what? I can try it. And if it doesn't work out, I can always get another contracting job. And I just threw myself totally into it. And at the beginning, you've got this huge leap because you have to go out there and convince people to work with you when you're not convinced yet, because Uh you have no experience that says you can do this. Yeah. So to get there, how I got over that hurdle was I just said to myself, I'm going to do absolutely the best I can. So I know that if they give me a property, so my brain couldn't go to, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it amazing. It could go to, I know that I'm going to do the best I can. I know that I'm going to be as excellent as possible, more excellent than anybody else, that they're making a good decision if they, if they choose me. Um, and that, that's how I just let myself um, get started in it. 
And just for the listeners, give us a breakdown of what rent to rent actually is, because yes. it is a popular term and yes. people may be a little confused around what it means. Just give us a bit of a, a, a background on that. Yeah. Well, I'm sure. Well, if you are like anything like I did, when I tell you, I'm going to tell you about this, but you're, I think you're going to think to yourself, that can't be a thing. Come on. <laughs> that doesn't sound right. But um, this is what it is. It's Usually you buy an investment property. So let's just take an average investment property. You might need to put in £50,000 in cash for the deposit, maybe for some buying costs, mm-hmm. maybe more than, often a lot more than that. Maybe there's a refurbishment. And then the rest of it you pay using a mortgage and you make some money each month. And typically the amount of money you'll make is somewhere between on a single let, £100 and £300 a month is pretty typical. Mm-hmm. So to build up that income from 300, say, to 600, to 900, to 1,200, and all of that, 1,500, you need a lot of 50,000 pounds. So yeah, that's where capital. we all get, yeah, you need a lot of capital to get started. And so that's where we all get the idea that you need a lot of money to get started in property. So with rent to rent, what you do is you rent a property from the owner you do up the property a little bit and you rent it out to housemates at a higher but still affordable rent. So after you've paid the owner and you've paid the running costs, the rest of the money is there for you to keep in your business. So a typical rent-to-rent property will cost you, excuse me, between nothing at all and a few thousand pounds to take on because you're doing a little refurbishment of it. Uh And then, then you're going to make somewhere between £500 and way over £1,000 per month for each property that you manage. So you can see straight away that the entry level is really accessible for most people. You get amazing experience. So the reason why it works well as a business model is that you need little money to start, you've got consistent recurring revenue, and you've also got, you're profitable quickly because many businesses are not profitable quickly. And We also have the names and addresses of our perfect customers because HMOs or house shares are rented out by the room. And what we do is we ask existing house share landlords, we write to them and say, have you got any problems? We can solve the problems for you. And for the owners of the properties, you might think, well, why would they do it? Because they could make more money renting it out themselves. Well, for many people, what you talk about, Peter, which is, Um, passive income. Uh Many people, property is not their main business. So they might have other businesses or a full-time career, a family. They may live far away. They want the properties to be well looked after, um, looked after reliably, and they want to be paid reliably, even when the properties are empty. Uh So for the owners, we're offering guaranteed rent, freedom from tenant management, and total peace of mind. So for the housemates, we're offering beautiful, affordable homes and excellent service. And for ourselves, we're getting this amazing business. We're getting to make more money from property than we would if we were buying single lets mm-hmm. without needing all that huge investment. Yeah, that makes absolutely sense. Absolute sense to me. And I think I'll ask you this question because when it comes to property, much like investing, there seems to be on social media a lot of skepticism around mm-hmm. Mm, I don't yeah. know if you're really if if you're being legitimate with me now. Yeah. I wonder is that something that you come across as something being common when you think about 
rent to rent specifically? Yeah, I think it is. And the other thing is, Peter, that, that there's a low barrier to entry. Uh, so as I've explained, there's a, you know, you don't need a lot of money to get started. You don't even need experience um, because it's all about the relationship and the trust that you build with the owners or the letting agents. And when they, I just believe that when you meet somebody, you can see who they are, even True. not with the words that they say. Yeah. Because you get that energy, that, you know, that gut feeling about a person. And uh, so, yes, a lot of people can go into it just wanting the returns without putting anything in. They want to know, how can I get into rent to rent? How mm -hmm. can I put no money down? How can I, how can I put no money down? How can I put no time into it? And how can I make all this amazing cash flow? But what we uh, teach is how to do it in an ethical way, which is a way that makes you feel amazing that, you know, your family can be part of your business and that you, you know you're doing an amazing service for people. And that's why, you know, they keep coming back to you and your business grows. I just, so it does, it does get my goats at times because it, it does have a bad reputation. And I, I, I think it is warranted in some cases, but um, we just make sure that everything we do, that we're showing people the way to do it, excellent. Um, to deliver excellence uh, so that people people want to work with them. And one, one of the things that we're most proud of is that for HMO Heaven, which is our rent-to-rent -rent HMO management business, property management business, we've got over, I think it's over 70, it might be more, a five-star reviews on Google reviews. So when you Google HMO Heaven, it comes up in this big, big panel of all the reviews. And actually, when you look at most of the other local letting agents, it's very much more mixed their reviews template because people who are letting properties don't usually get in touch with you to tell you how amazing it was, but they True. do get in yeah. touch with you if things go wrong, which is wrong. natural yeah. human nature. Yeah. But I think it's testament to our team that, um, that yeah, we, 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 um, our aim is excellence and I'm not saying we're perfect, but we, we do everything we can to, to live up to that. I think you made a good point, though. I think it's really important for people to be able to connect with people. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've been in financial services for years, and, and one of the sayings that we that we go by in the industry is that at the end of the day, people buy people. And yeah. what we basically do in financial services from an advice and wealth management point of view is we are your kind of like your counsellor, your therapist. We just happen to deal with the money side of things as well. And the reason why I say that is because that interpersonal relationship trumps all when you can see the whites of someone's eyes you can you can gauge whether there's a genuine tone to what they're talking about i think all those things go to imbue trust and all business relationships all relationships period are built on trust and i think being vocal in today's age using because your clubhouse session that i spoke on was absolutely amazing just you know the people that you had on there putting yourself forward, having conversations, being open, providing information, providing education, all of those things are stepping stones to building trust with people. And they often say that, you know, you maybe give away too much free information. Well, at the end of the day, you're, you're empowering people. When people feel empowered, then they'll come to you and be like, okay, listen, I've been following you. I've been listening to you. I'd really like to work with you. And I think to a certain extent, the old business models go out the window because there hasn't been enough of that trust being built with that interper interpersonal uh, relationship building. Yeah, no, I, I entirely agree. And uh, 
it's it's you can bring your magic to everything you do so you know you can bring your spark to everything you do and 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 that that's what makes it successful uh, so sometimes people say well how have you been so successful um in in a short period in in different different businesses actually and I, I think that's just it. It's just because we want to go out there and deliver an amazing experience, the same as you do. You go out there, you over-deliver in everything that you're doing. And you've got it on the podcast, on the YouTube, on you've got Instagram Lives, and you know, you've got everything going on that you're giving to people. And um, yeah, and I think that's what that's what makes you successful. And uh, that's what's that's what's really helped us to grow all of all of the businesses that that we have. So at the moment, then, you talked about you've got 28 uh, properties at the moment yeah. altogether. Yeah. That is a phenomenal number, and you've done that in a short period of time. Yes. Do you? What is there anything, any one point or any one thing that you can point to to say that that, that was the moment where you kind of got the hang of it and you knew, yeah. right, I can absolutely blow this up now because yeah. I know for a fact that my business theory is validated? Yeah, yeah. Well... We've. I just should make the distinction with the with the rent to rent. We're managing other people's properties, and then what you're talking about is that we've also bought these 28 units. Now, uh-huh. some of them are in one property, so I'll just talk about that. First of all, how did we buy these properties when we're not, you know, um, exceptionally rich or anything like that? So, what we did was what you find, I'm sure, when you work with people is that they have money that they don't realize that they got. So very, very true. Yeah. Maybe they've got pensions and maybe they have other money um, that they're not really um, paying attention to. I think most people have more than they think. But what I came to realize is that, so let me go back to the first step, actually. So with the first one, we were buying a property that's worth £150,000. It's an office building over three stories. And I keep I keep getting confused about whether it's got three or four. <laughs> um, but it's... Um, no, it's three, because we were thinking it would be able to convert. First of all, we thought it could convert into an eight-bed house share. But our architect came up with a scheme where it could convert into a four-bed... Sorry, four flats. Mm-hmm. or uh, one-bedroom flats. And so we're, we're going to do that conversion. But we felt we could buy that first property because it was £150,000. So that mm-hmm. seemed within reach. So that, that was the first one. The next one we was a creative strategy. Once you get into property, there are lots of other ways to buy property where you don't need that big deposit up front. That's and, true, yeah. Yeah, and also you don't need uh, a mortgage up front. You do later down the line, potentially, you can choose to get a mortgage if you want to. And so one of the properties that we did was an exchange with delayed completion. And this property was a partially converted four flats on one title, big house. Uh-huh. And uh, it was £160,000. I know these figures are very low because we're in Wales. Uh-huh. Uh, so sorry if you're in London, but... <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but there are places you can buy in London for two hundred grand even now. But yeah. uh, London and surroundings. But uh, anyway, so we bought this property, but we didn't need to pay the deposit all because it was with an exchange with delayed completion where we're going to complete within five years. So all we needed okay. was £16,000, one six. So that's a huge difference to, I think it would have been £38,000. Absolutely. Yeah, massive difference. Uh, or was it 48? I've written this down before, but 
we would have needed 25% of the 160. That's about 40,000, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, if we were actually more than that, because you need more on the buy-to-let mortgages than you do on the... Um, on the other types. But anyway, so we we secured it for £16,000 up front. Then we pay £320 a month and the £16,000 and each of the £320 that we pay between now and when we complete are reduced from the original purchase price of £160. Okay. So you can see that that makes it a rent-free purchase. We're like, yeah. just it's almost like we've got a mortgage with the owners. It's like vendor Absolutely. finance. Yeah. Um. So I don't want to get too technical, but what I'm saying is I'm just opening the door in people's mind that actually you can buy property without needing this typical um, deposit and mortgage in certain circumstances. That's not, that's not going to work in every circumstance. So we've got some properties that we bought on that basis. And the other thing to think about is I would have said to you five years ago that I don't know anybody with money. And that is not true. And I hear many people saying that to me, but people love opportunities. Mm. I told you earlier that even my mom, I've been, I've been listening to you and now I want to get into stocks and shares investing. And even my mom, because of the terrible interest rates is, is yeah. interested and yeah. we're going to do it together. So I'm excited about that. But um, people think they don't have any money, and but people love opportunities because the interest rates are so poor. And, you know, there's all this talk, it's going to be negative interest rates. But, well, even with the interest rates as they are, people are looking for opportunities. So when they see you with your property portfolio and they know what you bought it for, what you refurbed it for, what it's now worth, how much money you're pulling out, what rents you're getting, people would work like a slice. And all you need to say to people is, do you know anyone who would like to be part of this current opportunity that I have? And that then your family or friends will be intrigued and ask you about your opportunity uh -huh. and you'll explain. And very often you will find that somebody would like to invest themselves uh -huh. because they already know you, they already like you. And that is what we found, that a family and friends who we did not know had any money were keen to invest in us and it's rewarding for them and it's rewarding for us. Some of the family even because they didn't really want, they just wanted the interest they would get in the bank uh -huh. and because they wanted to sort of help us out. They thought yeah. rather than it being in the bank, they would be helping us out. So, but even the people who want the proper interest, it's a great opportunity on both sides. So that's the, that's the biggest mindset mindset shift really is that it's not resources that hold you back it's resourcefulness and mm. at the beginning of this journey i had less resourcefulness to be able to attract money to us to be able to make investments but now because of the experience that i've had i'm much more able to i, I provide so many opportunities and i get opportunities every single week from strangers who want to invest with us as well uh, even though we'd never ask for investment and we're not currently looking to take on investment. But it just goes back to what I was saying to you, Peter. Everybody loves an opportunity. Absolutely. And I think that's really important what you said there. It's not resources that will often hold you back. It's resourcefulness. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes, and again, 
maybe mindset and mm. being um, victims of our own environment or yes. seemingly victims of our own environment, yeah. that sometimes we do just have to think outside the box and look beyond what we see in our physical and immediate periphery because looking beyond that means that you can then think of ideas and see possibilities that aren't immediately apparent to you. You just need to have the resourcefulness to actually want to explore that a little bit further. Yeah, and it feels like such a gift as, as a black woman. I didn't realise the power in that, but as you can imagine, well, I, I was surprised at how many I get, but I get so many messages from black women who say, oh, I didn't know, I didn't think about property, I didn't think I could do property. Then when I saw you on YouTube, I thought, oh, maybe I can. And... Um, and when we have women who come into the program as well, and the one that sticks in my mind, the one who sticks in my mind is Maria, because you know you have some people on and everybody falls in love with them. Uh -huh, and uh -huh. We did this, this conversation and I was just asking her how it was. And she's got three children. She's an IT manager. Um, she was worried because she speaks with quite a strong accent, but I think people are so worried about so many different things when they go into yeah. it. And, um, but she... The first, the first property she got um, turned into one of the lease options that I met, I mentioned to you earlier. So she can mm -hmm. buy that property using the creative strategies. She hasn't had to find the money now. Um, but the thing that everybody loved was that she has her children helping her in her business when she's dressing the properties and Fantastic. when she's writing the letters to the landlords. And her little one said to her, oh, mummy is a businesswoman, which... Uh, <laughs> She, which she loved, and she's a busy woman, as you can imagine, was a quite a high-powered job, three kids, a husband, you know, a household to run, but she's still gone out there and got it. And the other lovely part of that story was the very first one was from a landlord, and then the other four, I think, I think two of them came from that same landlord referring wow. her on. And um, the HMO licensing people from the council came out to look at her property and they said it was one of the best HMOs they'd seen. So wow. for me, it's just, it's, just such a, it's just such a joy working with people and seeing them also go through the same transformation that, that, that we went through. Yeah. I have to ask you this, actually, because this is a, a, a topic that, that often comes up when you talk about property and investing, and that is women in the space. Because I think for most of the records that we know, um, basically mean that men generally tend to amass the biggest property portfolios, the biggest pension funds, the biggest investment funds, and women are often not at that pace. And I think there's a bit of a renaissance now and a change uh, in, in terms of, number one, women are very, very acutely aware now that actually, you know what, though, that, that property portfolio, that, that needs to be a priority for me. Pension needs to be a priority for me. Investing needs to be a priority for me. And I've said this before on the podcast that I do coaching. Ironically, most of my clients who come to me for coaching are women. Yeah. Because women are more than happy to ask for help and be guided and actually seek information more than men. There's a little bit of a bravado. Yeah. I love that we are where we are now with the fact that women are taking more of an interest. And I think it's long overdue. I think having people like you, though, doing what you do and being an example to that is more inspiring and more. I mean, because I can I can only speak about it from a men's point of view. I can't speak of it from a woman's point of view. Yeah. And just seeing you talk, I was like, OK, this this is great because hopefully it will inspire more women to be like, actually, hang on a second. Yeah, I do need help. I am going to do this. And there isn't really much holding me back. And yes, you've got to juggle family and all this kind of stuff. But actually, you know what? It shouldn't be a barrier. I think it's great. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's um, uh, that's the thing as well. We tend to, as humans, hold ourselves back and say, "Oh, I don't think I can do it," or "There's all these reasons. I'm too young. I'm too old." You know, my accent or whatever. Uh-huh. But people are succeeding with every one of those obstacles. People are succeeding who's got a stronger accent than you. People who are succeeding younger than you, older than you, more kids than you less education, more education. So it's just that we we tell ourselves these excuses so that we don't have to take the risk, so that we don't have to put ourselves in danger and harm's way. Our brain is telling us that it's dangerous. And uh-huh. we just got to, if you want it, um, just lead into it. You can absolutely have it because actually there's not actually that many people out there who are going, who are going for it. There's uh-huh. very few because most of us are just staying in our caves where it feels safe and cosy. You know, we're on the sofa with... Um, with Netflix and Netflix and chill, um, yeah. but we're not out there, you know, um, going after the dream life that we want. And uh, that was me for decades. So that's why I feel that I've got so much energy now uh, to to um, to do this. Fantastic. Are there any tips that you would kind of give anyone listening to this who's who's like, okay, maybe this is something I should I should look into? What are the first few steps that people should take well the very first steps i think are to work out what your goals are so for some people you know meeting with somebody like pete to look at your finances and what your goals are for the future is is an an amazing first step because for some people you'll want to go straight into buying property and if you if you're interested in property let this is if it's property they're interested in and for Mm. other people they will want to do what we did, which was start up a property business, uh, generate that cash flow, generate that experience, build up your confidence, and then take the next step, which is to actually buying and investing in properties. Um, so I think it very much depends on how much um, money you have to start off with, how much time you want to put into it, um, how much knowledge you have. Obviously, the knowledge one is an easier one to fix. Yeah. Um, but um, but the first two, how much money have you got and how much time do you want to put into it? Because to do a property business, it doesn't take as much money, but it takes more time. And uh-huh. to invest in property takes more money, but less time. So once you've worked out your goals, that's the very first step. And if you're interested in how to make money from property without buying it, which is what I'm talking about with rent to rent, then a great first step is that we, we have a free guide and masterclass which gives you, um, it tells you a little bit more about it and the six steps to success and all of that. And I'll let you have the details for it, um, Pete, so that if people would like to get that, they that they can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'll put all, all the links to, to you, your book, Instagram, all that kind of stuff in the show notes. So guys, if you're listening to this and this is intriguing to you, you want to investigate a little bit further, then definitely go visit the, the show notes for the podcast and, and follow this through. Um, is there anything, any last words that you would kind of give the listeners at this point in time? I want to kind of just share exactly where to get your book and, yeah. and your socials as well, but are there any last words from you? Well, I would love to offer people people my book, uh, uh, your listeners who, if, if you leave uh, a leave a review, for conversations of money on your podcast app, screenshot and then email it to Angelica at support at renttorentsuccess.com. I'll give this info to you, Peter. Then we can we can post out a book with your postal address. We'll post you a copy of the book if you're in the UK or the uh, electronic version if you're anywhere else in the world. And what what would I leave people with? I would I would leave people with 
if you want something more, now is the time to get it. And the mantra that that I live by, and I certainly have not been a lifelong advocate of this mantra, quite the <laughs> opposite. <laughs> I mean, people are shocked when they see me now and uh, they can't believe it's me. But, um, but it's believe bigger, be bolder, be a game changer. And believe bigger is because oftentimes we are living in a blinkered way and quite a, a downward looking way. And we cannot see what's possible for us. Like when I first found out about property and realized there's this whole Aladdin's cave, there's this whole world that I didn't know about. Um, and many listeners will maybe be feeling that way about stocks and shares. So uh -huh. believe bigger, more is possible for you than now than you can possibly imagine. And the second part of it, <clears throat> excuse me, is be bolder. And that's because there's such a strong compulsion to hide and to not do anything dangerous. And your brain will constantly be telling you, if you're a normal human, it's dangerous out there. Don't go out there. What mm -hmm. if they laugh? What if you can't mm -hmm. do it? What if you're a failure? What will your auntie say? Yeah. Oh, your cousin might see this post. I wouldn't make it. Uh, so we just need to be bolder and allow ourselves to make mistakes and to look a fall but just say, it's all worth it because I'm moving forward. I'm not perfect. I'm being perfectly imperfect, but I'm moving forward to my goals. And the last one is be a game changer. And that's really when you take the steps as, as Pete lays out, you change the game in your own life. You change the game in your family's life. You change the game in your community. And when you grow bigger, as part of that giving, you change the game in the world. And one of the things I love about creating wealth is that we will change things even after we've gone because, uh -huh. because of the things that you teach about inheritance and the properties that we own. I have one son. My sister doesn't have any children. So, of course, we will leave a, a part to, to Alex, but the majority of it will be on in trust for causes that we decide on. And that, that feeling just gives me so much joy from being there, somebody who was collecting this cash from the government in the book, to someone uh -huh. who is 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 he's the giver, it yeah. it just feels like um, such an amazing gift that I've been given, and uh, I, it just makes me uh, it just it, I don't know it's just such a thrill I can't even get my words out. <laughs> you know what that speaks to legacy, and that's that's what it's all about at the end of the day. Yes, it's the immediate family that also benefit, but be able to give something in trust that you know the trust dictate whether it goes to a charity or what it's used for, mm -hmm. that is long lasting legacy. Mm -hmm. People will remember that long after you're gone. Mm -hmm. And if you think about the most powerful, you know, families in the world, what do they leave behind? They leave a legacy, whether that's mm -hmm. in, in form of a business, Vitties, for example, it's a legacy. Mm -hmm. And that is really important. I really love the hot, the, the, the second part of what you said there around be bolder, because I really do truly believe that, that fear that we all fear that we all feel is so real it's a natural thing we all have loss aversion we our brain is wired to want to protect ourselves from harm mm -hmm. and the, the the truth is nothing grows in your comfort zone yes. and even if i look at you know my journey through youtube and even here on the podcast i was extremely worried about oh my god will people like will people like me on camera will people actually get what I'm about on camera. All those worries actually held me back from starting doing this for three years before I finally said last year, no, I've got to do it. You have to be bolder. You have to have the confidence. You have to be willing to challenge yourself mm. and push beyond that, that barrier. It's painful when you do it, but when you get to the other side, you actually realize that actually 
it's not bad at all. So I really do appreciate those insights because that is just so important. If anybody takes anything away from this, it's just those last few points. I think this this episode has pretty much done its job. Brilliant. Yeah, believe bigger, be bolder, be a game changer. Fantastic. Right. So what about your social, Stephanie? Can you share your uh, handles, Instagram, that kind of stuff where people can find you? Yeah. So the main places to find me are rentstorentsuccess.com. That's my website. You can get the free guide and masterclass there. Then there's uh, hmoheaven.co.uk. You can see some before and after pictures of our property properties there, uh, some of the properties we own. And um, on Instagram, I'm Stephanie T. Property. And I'd Perfect. love to me- messages. Uh, it'd be great to hear from you. Perfect. So please do message. Please do reach out to Stephanie. I really do appreciate you being here. Thank you so much. Guys, if you listen to this and it's been of interest, I told you at the beginning, go grab a pen. If you haven't, remember what you've listened to. If you can't, come back and listen to this again and take down some notes. But as always, guys, I do appreciate every single one of you for listening um, to this podcast. The numbers have grown significantly this year. Um, we've done more downloads than we did last year, the entire year, and we're only in April. I think we crossed that threshold uh, back end of March. So your participation, your attention is very much appreciated and as always uh, valuable. Thank you so much for that. But always remember, guys, whatever you're doing this week, please do stay safe, stay safe. And remember, money is a tool, life is for living. I will catch you next week. this i'm going to steal this first part from tyro because this is what he says he says you have to meet people where they're at Mm -hmm. for me it's all about speaking to the future money is a tool life's living what do you want what do you want in three months time in five years time in 10 years time if you can look that far ahead what do you want your life to be that's aspirational that's sexy everybody likes to be aspirational think futuristically about what they want, the lifestyle they want. Okay, so you're going to work right now earning cash. The cash that you earn right now can help you make that a reality if you use it wisely. But you've got to meet them where they're at. And that's the most important thing. You know, financial services and the way we talk about money, it will change because it has to change because of the times that we're in, social media. Um, Instagram is a highlight reel of all the sexy things and the cars, the Rolexes and the great holidays, right? That is so much more in the face of, you know, the 20 odd year olds now, early 30 year olds old now that, you know, I'm 41. I can't even begin to think how difficult it would be to live in a social media world where this is the stuff that you're growing up seeing. There are advantages to it because technology is is rife now and there are so many opportunities online. You know, the younger generation are now earning more money than I ever did when I was in my 20s. Mm-hmm. You know, they're killing it. So... Let's meet them where they're at. Let's talk about the future. Let's make it aspirational. Let's make it sexy. Let's make it something that they they're like, yeah, I like I like the sound of that. I think you just did with the language. I think you did. I think you just did with the language that you used because, in many ways, um, I did, and I believe this generation is feeling the same way as well. Um, I, I looked at saving or being smart or budgeting as a sacrifice. Mm-hmm. I looked at it as I'm, oh, I have to sacrifice. I have to sacrifice. Like, I don't want to, I'm young, I'm alive. I'm vibrant. Mm-hmm. Like I'm out here. Let's go. I finally have money to, mm-hmm. to, to do what I want with and you telling me 
that I need to budget or to save or to put some of that away or to not spend frivolously makes me feel like it's a sacrifice. Mm -hmm. Who wants to sacrifice? The same thing with dieting. Who wants to sacrifice? Like not being able to do what they want. But if you use language like what you just use around aspirations, what do you, what do you aspire to? Don't look at it so much as I'm sacrificing the now, but look at it as I'm aspiring for X. Then that kind of, that would give me so much more, <sighs> confidence is not the right word. That would give me so much more like peace Mm -hmm. about the decision that I'm making, that money that I'm putting aside, that savings that I'm seeing grow. I'm seeing my 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 goal, my objective getting closer and closer to it mm -hmm. versus you're this is pulling away from me. I'm sacrificing, you know. Yeah. I think you just did it in a language that you you just said. Thank you. Well, listen, this has been a fire conversation. Um I love having you on and I knew that you were going to be great when we spoke like last week. And I got again, I've got to thank Polina because she was like, you need to speak to Tiana. She's gonna be awesome and stuff. And you you amazing job. How can people get in contact with you? What have you got going on at the moment? Ah, love it. First of all, Paulina, she's fire, hard eyes all the way through uh, for her. Um, the way that folks can connect with me, um, I honestly, especially if you're someone in the professional world, would love for you to connect with Built by Girls because we definitely need support and um you know, professional guidance wherever we can get it for our students. So check us out at Built by Girls on Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook, and then also just builtbygirls.com. And then me personally, I'm on the Instagrams at Tiana Wanders. That's where you can find me. And of course on LinkedIn, uh, but definitely check out Built by Girls if you can. Fantastic. Listen, I really appreciate you coming on and, and sharing your story. Um, yeah, this is great conversation i want to do more of these on the podcast because feedback that i got last year was when i have normal people on it's people like to hear how other people have navigated these kind of journeys that makes people feel as though they're not alone and we're never really alone in anything at all we just don't realize that other people are going through it so Agreed. i really do appreciate your input thank you so much for being here guys guys this has been an amazing episode. Um, listen, there'll be more of, of these kind of episodes coming. I want to say that again, thank you to Tiana for, for rocking up and having this conversation with me. Um, look, if you want to hear more of this, or you, if you're listening to this and you're a woman or you're a guy, you want to come onto the show, make sure you reach out to me. I'm on, I'm on Instagram. Many of you do talk to me on Instagram, actually, so don't be shy. If you've got a story to share, you want to get your, your, your point of view across, this will be the time to do it. I'm actually dedicating maybe three months, which will be about 12 episodes roughly, to having guests on specifically through the summer of this year. So it doesn't matter whether you're uh, doing big things or doing small things. All of that is objective and it's relative, right? I don't really care. If you've got a story, please reach out and let's have a conversation and inspire and empower other people because this is what this is all about at the end of the day. But as always, remember, money is a tool, life is for living. Have an amazing week. I will catch you next Monday.